My name is Evan Newcomb. We own Pride Hardscape Construction. We're based out of Corvallis, Oregon, and I am a hardscaper. All right, Evan, let's get started to get to know a little bit more about yourself, your background in the industry. Can you give our audience uh, some backstory about yourself and your company? All right, well, uh, we're based out of Corvallis, Oregon here. We're a tight four-man crew, and you know, this all started when I was 10 years old. My dad uh, had a mowing business called Pride Landscape, actually, and that was his weekend job. He was a full-time groundskeeper at a school district and kind of started there. I've been mowing, like I said, for what, 27 years now or 26 years? God. Um, and then... After uh, the mowing of my dad at 17, after high school, I uh, still liked doing what I was doing, but I was kind of sick of mowing lawns after seven years. I was 17, graduated college, wasn't the thing for me. So I started working for a company called Chenard's Landscape and Nursery, which I'm actually still really good friends with the owners. We still go fishing together all the time and have dinners. It's pretty cool to have a local community like we do of landscapers and hardscapers. Um, I've worked there for seven years, so 17 till I was 24. I started out in the irrigation trenches. They put me in, I pretty much dug trenches for two years. I'm, I'm a big guy, I'm 6'5", 240 pounds, and I dug trenches for two years. It was a pretty uh, life lesson, put it that way, Mike. Uh, yeah, so we, uh, I started out there doing that for irrigation for two years, and then they put me on the construction crew finally. Um, I was very new. I definitely didn't know what I was getting to. We had no equipment. I'm telling you, we did one job. I remember it was my second job there. We moved 45 yards of gravel with a wheelbarrow and five gallon buckets. It, it, it pretty much brought me back to two a days when I was playing football in high school. Um, but it was just, it was the experience of like, we're really going to do this together. Like we're going to, we're going to carry this gravel up this hill with five gallon buckets. And we did it. Uh, it was pretty incredible. It was my second job there. And that's when I really realized with my attention span and kind of uh, how I grew up is I needed manual labor in my life to kind of calm me down. And uh, so I kept doing the hardscaping. We did the, I was in the hardscape division with them for two years, building patios, retaining walls. And then the owner's son graduated, Joel, who now owns the business, Joel Chenard, who I'm friends with, go fishing with still. He wanted to get into ponds. Um, we actually went to pond college uh, with Aquascapes. They had a couple pond schools here in Portland, Oregon. We went to every one of their seminars. Uh, so we got into ponds. And for the last four years I worked for him, I did all their pond work with uh, the son's owner, Joel, and then... Uh, a foreman named Charles Bell, and uh, we did everything. It was great. Um, water features, we did an 8 by 11 pond, dug it in one day with five guys in and out in one day. We got so efficient by those 8 by 11s, and then the last year I worked there, we built a $500,000 swimmable pond. It was just an incredible, uh, incredible experience, and that company, I pretty much, they taught me everything. I have to say, everything I've learned has been come from that company, Chenard's, and uh, I'm very blessed, and I'm still happy that I'm still good friends with them, and that's how our community works, actually, so it's pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely, and getting that experience uh, firsthand. So what what was it about that experience that made you want to take the deep dive into business ownership yourself? Well, so actually, while I worked for Chenard's, I was actually working Saturdays and Sundays and still running my dad's business um, on the side. So I was still doing 15 to 20 yard accounts on Saturday and Sunday, owning Pride Landscape and working for Chenard's full time. And it definitely was a, it was a crazy life lesson to realize, you know, you can't do both, I realized. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was good. It made me work. My dad gave me that work ethic. You know, I've, I worked 60 to 70 hours a week. Um, right now I'm 30 hours probably doing bids and in the doing paperwork, which I hate doing, but, um, and I'm still 30 to 40 hours in the field. I'm still laying, I'm still laying pavers. I'm still cutting pavers. I'm still doing everything. But those guys, my crews that are out there, they're, they're the ones that are 
building these gorgeous retaining walls, which we're kind of being known for right now. You're at the nursery or the, you're at this landscaping job. You're doing things on the side. Was there, was there a goal to get to before you took the leap of faith to cut ties with this last company? Was there a number? Was there a goal? What was that? Actually, there was, there was no goal in mind. Um, I lived in a college town and I was making good money and I was having fun and I was hanging out with my good friends. We were going fishing, hunting after work. I mean, I, you know, I was, I felt I was, you know, I, there was actually some years I was making more money when I was 21 years old, 22 than I am some past few years <laughs> was starting up this business. You know, it, uh, I was having fun. And then, um, actually I, I left, I left it all, uh, for, uh, I moved to Flagstaff, Arizona for a year. I left everything because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, actually. And that's when I, uh, I was I was in Flagstaff, Arizona, working for a company, and my dad got in a pretty serious uh, motorcycle wreck and kind of brought me back to Corvallis. And that's kind of where I realized so I got to do something, and that's where I realized this is what I needed to do. And I pretty much became a man when my dad got in that motorcycle wreck, and it kind of took off from there. Kept mowing lawns. We went from 20 yard accounts and I just sold the business. Oh man, I actually let go of all the customers, sold my equipment. It was uh, six months ago. I sold, I got rid of 65 weekly accounts to 75. So that business I built up for six to seven years from 2013, since my dad's wreck from 2013 till this last year. And it was a good money maker, man. I mean, I was making good money. It just was getting boring. It was, uh, there was no fun in it. Like you wouldn't mow the same yard every single week. It was just uh, getting repetitive. And I got my, my personality. I, I need something to keep me interested. I need goals. I wasn't seeing those goals. I wasn't seeing my business thrive and seeing new equipment and stuff like that, where um, finally we kind of started doing some smaller patios here and there, um, you know, doing a few and, and finally, I said, let's just take the leap. In the past year, year uh, two years ago, we started Pride Hardscape, which was the last year we did all 65 to 75 maintenance counts weekly. And we ran a full-time construction crew. And then I just realized after seeing the year income, it just was not worth it to run the maintenance. It just cost too much money and um, employees need to make more money. This industry is hard. Hardscape is hard on your body. And if you're going to do it, you need to make a, a living out of it. And it costs a lot to do that nowadays. So you make this, you know, you get rid of the maintenance side, you're full on hardscape. Are you still doing ponds and everything like that? Yeah, we're doing everything. I mean, um, so I really, I, I have to say maintenance is probably why my vision, I mean, I go into a backyard and I can pretty much see what needs to happen, but it's, it's been a good leap. Uh, we've invested and a lot of equipment. Um, the first thing I realized is with hardscape is you can't let a job go for two or three months. You got to get in and out of that job and you got to be efficient at what you do. And it takes equipment to do that in this industry now. I mean, to make, to be competitive. Um, we definitely have some people, you know, around us that are a little bit lower cost, but you know, we give a five-year warranty on all of our pavers and retaining walls. And also we offer a lifetime warranty now on our pavers, uh, which it just is a different square footage cost. So the hardscape to me is kind of where we need to be at in this industry right now is everybody's stuck at home. <laughs> so they want beautiful homes and the, and I want low maintenance. I want AstroTurf. I don't want fertilizer, Roundup, Broadleaf, all that maintenance for how many years I put chemicals in the ground. I just don't want to see that happening anymore and wasting water where we don't need to have it. You can have a beautiful place without all this yes it costs money up front but in the long run it's going to pay off if you live there for 20 years so with with all these features that you're that you're talking about and you're selling your clients on let's get into that process a little bit because that's really interesting that you you come into that uh you know that backyard or whatever it may be and you look at that maintenance side of it is this something that comes up a lot with your customers that they're not interested in having uh any maintenance or is this something that you might bring up to them to say hey we can do this but we can also do this and you have no maintenance or little maintenance or minimal maintenance how does that kind of get brought up into the conversation i mean our slogan is sustainable and low maintenance i mean that's what we're trying to achieve is for you to enjoy your backyard and 
not pull weeds and not do this. You know, some people don't agree with the ground cloth, uh, the geo uh, fabric, but you know, I, I agree with it if you cut a big enough hole for the ground for the plant to grow. But you know, we actually don't even uh, do sod or planting installs. We just do hardscape. So all of our customers, we bring in the nice soil for them. We grade the yard for them. And all of our customers that we have actually lay their own sod and do their own planting. It's pretty cool. Uh, we have a really good clientele base right now. I feel like we're with the clientele we should be with. Uh, we also, no job is too small for us, but we just want to make sure everybody's getting a quality job. And, you know, hardscapes, the bids, bids very different. You know, there's a, there's very big difference in the actual bids, but going into a place, it's really nice to just see it all, you know, do it be in that landscape. I've been seeing really gorgeous houses that are these seventies and sixties houses. I have a bunch of grass, a bunch of plants that need water and your, their water bills, $200 a month. It's just, it's not worth it. And, you know, I go in there and I see an area that we can take and make all this outdoor usable space and I can sell them on it. Um, it's, it's been working out and I actually, you know, I'm, I'm doing hand sketches on my bids. I, you know, we get into designs, but 75% 75 of my clients, even on big ranging jobs are still taking a hand sketch with a rough layout and just letting me go with the design. That's really interesting. And now I've got so many questions from what you've said there. And I'm drawing, I always, when I'm talking to these two guys on this podcast, I'm always drawing similarities to my business. And it's really interesting because uh, for various reasons, but let's get into designs because, uh, you know, that hand-drawn sketch, is this, is this something that you feel, I mean, the customer has to have not just respect for you, but uh, trust in you that, you know, they're getting that hand-drawn design and that they see your vision. Do you find that, uh, you notice that trust or how did you build that trust or can you speak with, on that a little bit with, with how you, you did that? That's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I have a good reputation where we live. Um, for one, I have to say, you know, I've been my pride landscape. We take pride in your yard is one of our slogans we say. And, uh, I mean, technically, you know, I've been in this town, so I've been mowing one yard since I've been 10 years old. So a lot of my people trust me, uh, on the trust that, I think they get a connection when I'm hand sketching a drawing. They really do. I think they feel like, wow, this guy, you know, I turn around and I give a hand sketch and a full estimate within seven to 10 days of me going out to their property. So a lot of me is going out there and, you know, I respect my wife and my kids. They let me go out and do bids at nine o'clock at night when I can it's daylight. You know, I'm, I'm out there. I was out till 9.45 doing bids, you know, a few nights and all of us hardscapers out there know that's what you have to do in this industry to be ahead of everybody. Um, and those designs with that hand sketch, I feel, you know, I give them a, a measurements. I don't give them exact measurements. I'm not, I don't have a, you know, a quarter inch per inch measured out. And then we go there and they get that hand sketch and an estimate in seven to 10 days. And they feel like I'm, I feel like they feel I'm, I'm a part of them now. You know, I, I drew out their backyard for them in seven days and obviously I, I'm intrigued. Um, I, I definitely give them everything in the design also. I throw in a water feature. I throw in a retaining wall. I throw in a fire pit. And then my first thing in my email says, this is a full design of what I would do to your backyard. The first thing I say is we can scale down if we need to, which I feel like is important because everybody's got a budget. You never know their budget. Yeah, let's talk about that because... Uh, how do you know on that initial consultation and uh, like what questions do you ask them and how do you know what's going to be incorporated into that initial design so that you know, you know, how much you're going to aim for to include in that design and then scale back later on if you need to? Well, you know, it's, it's great about a hand sketch because I don't go go back on the computer I'll be talking to them and they'll be like, well, we don't really want this. And the first thing I do, I just put an X over it. It's already gone out of the design. You know, it's not in that corner anymore. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to, to get a judge. Definitely. I never, I take every job, like everybody wants their dream backyard. They know what hardscaping is now. If they've looked up a hardscape name, 
in our area and looked up photos or looked up on Instagram, they know what a hardscape is. So they, but they see price ranges from $17 a square foot to $30 a square foot on, on, on the internet. And so it's really hard to, you know, when they see some prices, they definitely get shocked. Um, but then when you lay out your design, you tell them you're putting in 10 inches of base, you're putting in geogrid, you're behind your retaining walls, you're really explaining the whole process to them. And I also, in the bid, I incorporate a, a weekly deadline for us. So we actually have the customer has a, if it's a six week project, by the first week, the dig out should be done and rough gravel. The second week, we're gonna have some base done and some steps done. The third week, we're gonna have the lower area complete and all moving of irrigation. You know, we give them a full layout of what where we should be. And I set big goals for my crew and my foreman, I'll mention him again, Brian Near, my foreman. Uh, that guy's came a long ways and set, he's been with my business for seven years and I can give a design to him with no heights, no changes and he figures it out, you know, and that's what's great about me and him is uh, my designs now are coming to real life on paper, which is crazy. Are those goals for to, you know, to hold yourself accountable to the customer or are those goals more so aimed at your crew to say that, hey, we need to get to this by this point? Like, I never try to push. I never try to. I definitely try to push my guys, but my foreman. I mean, I can't keep up with that guy. So I, he, whoever he's going to push, you know, he, he out, he's 37 years old and he outbeats 22 year olds every single day. And it's not going to last for too many more years, but uh, no, we set the goals for us and the clients and we have guys, we have deadlines. I mean, if we're three days behind on one job, that means we're six days in my eyes behind on the next job. And I keep a tight schedule right now. If you looked at my note list, I'm scheduled all the way through January 25th with weekly stuff with daily stuff to do all the way through January 25th. Um, and that's the way I work is because if I didn't have that schedule lined out and those goals, then this wouldn't be uh, I like goals. I like to achieve them. I like to tell people we're going to be there for six weeks and they're like, okay, cool. We're having a party three days after and we're done. We're pressure washed. We're cleaned. We're sealed. We're out of there and they can party. <laughs> you know, that's my goal. Yeah. And, uh, I, I really like the idea of making goals. Now, when I first started my business and I was making those goals, but not communicating it to the customer in that sense, how detailed you have it, but I had nothing to base it off of. So I, I would fall behind, I would beat myself up and just, you know, it, it, I'd be just beating myself up day in and day out. Cause I was, I was overshooting myself. I, I was, I had nothing to base it on. So what are you basing these goals on? Uh, do you do you document how far uh, past projects have come and kind of document where you were at in each time? Yeah, and I really accomplished that too. Also, we're getting better equipment. So, you know, if I go spend, uh, we just bought a, I'll mention Sani has been a great company to us. We just bought a, a 4K mini excavator with retractable tracks. And, you know, our walls, we used to have to hand dig our stair steps and, you know, do all that. Now we have those machines. I expect stuff to be a little bit quicker and um, every wall that's built, they should be now covered. Uh, my crew should be overcoming whatever crisis or everything's going on the job and they should be getting quicker. Uh, if I provide the right equipment and the materials there on time, there's no reason the job site can't keep getting more efficient with every job. In my opinion, um, do I track all of it? Definitely. I go back and look at jobs to see what our percentages on gains and loss and materials um you know we're we're usually always in that profit uh i haven't had a job knock on wood that has eaten me up and most of my customers understand change orders and we talk to them weekly we do weekly emails phone calls my foreman if he has a question he'll go knock on their door to make sure you know we're on the same page and you know because a lot of my clients we come install the hardscape but they're my age. They're 35 to 42 and they want to do their sod. They want to do their planting and all this. And I come and do the hardscape and they come install the fence. And we want to make sure we're setting the fence posts in the right area, you know, stuff like that. So we're, we're really involved with our clients. And I think that's one thing a lot of people like about our business and me is I really want them to be involved because they're spending a lot of money. This is, you know, materials getting more expensive, materials getting nicer. Um, people want, cooler and cooler things they want to 
have the next thing nicest to their neighbor, you know, keep up with the Joneses. Jones is what they say, right? Yeah, I think that's a huge selling point for you guys that you're willing to work with the customer. Uh, I, I think a lot of guys want to take all control from the project. And and uh, if you're willing to work with a customer, which can provide some headaches sometimes, depending on the customer, uh, I think that's a huge selling point for yourself. So with these customers coming into your business, where do you find that most of them, you're, where are you acquiring most of your leads, your your clients from? So last year, I will say everything was word of mouth. You know, we were going pretty much from one house to the next house friend's uh, house and just kind of keep going down the chain. And then my wife, Kaylee, has been joking about this Instagram thing for three to four years about getting on this Instagram click. And I'm, I'm not a social media guy. Uh, I can sell hardscapes. I'm good with people in person. But the social media was just weird for me. Um, I finally got on that social media kick. And we have in one year, uh, 26 reviews on Google, all five star. And we're actually the number one hardscape company. If you look up hardscape companies around us, we pop up number one in the Google search now. And I really achieved that to being all on the social media, the Instagram, the Facebook, updating my Google pictures. I have over 220 Google pictures. They don't even have to go to my website to see my work, my work we just finished three days ago. So, um, the past 10 bids we've given the past 10 jobs we've got have been all website clicks, which blows my mind away from last year. We didn't have one. That's incredible. And it, it really shows how powerful that is, especially Google. I mean, you can, you can run your business without a website now, if you have a great Google presence. Now, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't suggest that it's always good to have your own website because you never know what's going to happen and Google's in control of everything if you go that route. But that's, a, that's an incredible testament to how powerful that platform is for business owners. Yeah, I mean, it really is, guys. I mean, anybody out there, like, if you look up your business, if you look up their hardscape companies around me and if they want to hear me, but you look up their name, they got like six pictures on there. And, you know, I have over 30 or 40 pictures from clients which is great. Um, I, I need to respond more to my Google things. It's one, one thing's on me and my mom's list is figuring out how to respond. We're having some problems with my accounts, but you know, I think that's a big part of saying thank you for your response because you know, after every job, about two weeks later, once we get all the final touches done and the billing's all paid, everything, we, we ask for a Google review. Um, it's, it's been amazing. We have 27 reviews in one year. It's, uh, you know, we are the, it's, it's really turned my business around and the jobs that we're getting keep getting uh, bigger and bigger, but also we're still getting those little one day, Hey, will you come remove my glass and put round rock? Well, a nice, you know, 75, 80 year old client that calls me up. She saw me on Facebook, you know, so it's really cool. I like it. It's a, uh, it, it's our, our community here is really good too. I have over three or four friends that own other landscape and hardscape companies in the area that graduated with me. Yeah, that's incredible. I think this is going to help out a lot of people, Evan. So can you talk me through how you got those Google, Google reviews? Uh, you know, did you ask the customers for it? When did you ask the customers for it after completing the project? How did you go about asking them? Can you get into that a little bit with us? Yeah, so the first uh, few, definitely like the first six to 10 all came in a big wave. Um, again, I credit this to my wife, Kaylee. Uh, she really wanted me to start pushing this business because I really think she saw how much I loved hardscapes and what I was doing and creating. And so the first few came, we did a lot of work for our friends and they went on there and like, yeah, man, you never asked us for a Google review. Some people don't even think about it. Like they get this huge project done, this new backyard, front yard, water feature patio, and you're so excited about it. And the contractor doesn't even ask you for a Google review. I mean, we just made your backyard's dream in my opinion whether it was one phase or two phase or three phase and we we forget to ask and we get so busy and then six months later like oh we're not going to ask him for a review well i did that the first 10 reviews i passed six months in jobs i wouldn't ask for them and then now my mother who aka is my secretary which does all my emails you know all that stuff she now asks after like a two weeks of the job and everything is everything okay. We first thing we ask is everything okay. Is there anything that you know you need us just anything? And we ask for a review. And there's no reason we should get under a five star review if we're complying with our contract, 
and also complying with them two weeks later to check in even after our final walkthrough. And it's really up to you, us contractors, guys. We got to ask for that review because I had some work done at my house that was really good paint job and we had a really good job done. I forgot to give a review for six months until he asked me, seeing me at a local restaurant. So it's really up to us contractors to ask for that review because a lot of people won't do it uh, just out of just, re just forgetting about it kind of because they're so excited and get and then they kind of forget about it after six months, you know, it's gone by. Getting into your sales process, we touched on it a little bit, uh, but let's talk about it from start to finish. So after a customer or client has reached out to you, however they've reached out to you, email, uh, through your website, whatever it might be, where do you take that from there? Do you pre-qualify them? Do you talk to them? How do you set up that initial consultation with them? So recently, uh, I did everything before. Uh, six months ago, I just had to ask my mom. We had to have the phone lines transferred. I just couldn't get any work done at the job site. So they call my mother, aka my secretary, which we have our office line goes to her. She asked them for their name, their number, you know, kind of, she's really good at communicating with the clients. Like, Oh, what are you interested in? And they, she says patio, backyard, water feature. So right away, I know what I'm getting into with a bid, which is really nice because I get an email that says so-and-so called, here's their address. Here's their email. This is what they're looking for. When can you meet them? Um, she does not send that email to me till after the day's in because I hate getting those emails during the day because I feel like I have to call them right away and I stop progress on my jobs and it slows down my crew. So I get those emails, I call them back. Usually that evening, I set up a appointment within seven to 14 days. Uh, usually it's, sometimes it's the next day even. I, I'm open, I'm in the neighborhood. Hey, are you around? And we go... I've had phone calls where I was driving around and they're like, Hey, can you meet today? And I was like, they said, yeah, we can meet. And I walked into a $60,000 job and I got that job because I met them that day. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, uh, I really feel like getting back to your clients right away. So we set up the appointment. I go there, we start talking. Uh, I figure out what they, what's their vision. I say, what do you want? And if they say, I have no idea, I kind of get excited. Um, but if they say we want this and this, then I know maybe they've had a hardscape at their past house and this is what they really want. So I listen to them. I give them, them my input. The first thing I ask is, do you have any water problems? Where are your water problems on your lot right now? And in Oregon, we get a lot of rain. And 75% of the time they say, here's our water problem. Here's our water problem. So right off the bat, I find my low spots with my zip level recently. Zip level is an amazing tool, by the way. Um, I, before I did it with a transit, it was a pain in the butt. Uh, and we get measurements. I go there and I get slope, grade, um, measured the square footage out. And then we pretty much go from there. And I tell them I get back to you within seven to 10 days with a hand sketch, a full estimate, a price per square foot on everything drainage solutions and I throw in a little bit of extra hardscape in my design which I like throwing in big boulders I love thousand to twelve hundred pound boulders and hardscapes with pavers I think they look amazing bringing in Oregon nature with hardscape man-made man-made material and they get a bid and I sometimes get emails back that evening and they say let's meet up and let's see if we can work some things out or sometimes I don't hear from them for a week and that's when we recontact so after seven days we recontact them no matter what to check in did you get the email is you know what do you think do you want to meet in person and i always offer to meet in person if they need to go over the estimate in person because a lot of people have questions like well this you know why do we need this much gravel why do we have this here and i explain it to them and then we kind of go from there um it, it like I said, all my customer base has been pretty good where they have kind of an idea and they kind of let my design go with it. And I don't know if that's because they feel like they have trust in me, but when I get out there, I can spray paint a whole hardscape out and I can draw a drawing in 15 minutes in the car if I wanted to. And that hardscape, I have some pictures that hardscape besides a few changes because of flow of traffic looks exact same as my hand sketch. So it's pretty cool. Um, like I said, our client base is really nice around here and everybody's really happy with our work and my crew is phenomenal. 
So it's pretty easy to give estimates now. <laughs> Do you ask the customer for a budget to base what you're going to incorporate into that design? If they start, if they start naming off like, you know, lots of things and I'm, and I'm there for one hour. Cause sometimes I'm at a bids for an hour and a half, man, we'll get to having, you know, we'll get to having full conversations about where you're from, when you move here, all that. And I get full, you know, I hear, I fear, fear, feel them out once they start talking about a bunch of stuff and I go, okay, so what's, can you give me a, a, like, Oh no, Evan, that's way crazy. And like, Oh, that, that should work. And they, they usually do. They joke about, they look at each other and the wife usually tells me the budget. <laughs> so that's kind of where that uh, goes. The, the guys usually just want big boulders and lights. That's all they care about. <laughs> Low voltage lighting is the best thing that's happened to hardscaping, by the way. Oh <laughs> man. I, I agree that. I mean, that stuff sells itself. Um, it, it's incredible to... That's actually one of our biggest selling points. That's it's, I'm looking at my bulletin. My, I can see my mom right now. Look at your bulletins. Uh, I, uh, we offer... So every install, we offer a free low-voltage lighting install. Wow. Um, it's obviously to a certain point, but like when we're doing a retaining wall, it's 100 feet long and we're installing five lights. Yeah. It takes my guys three hours. Yeah. Um, to, and don't get me wrong. You know, they're not, they're not paying my costs on materials. I'm still making, you know, my percentage off materials yep. and, you know, we're they're they're paying for the electrician to install the outdoor plug, to hang the transformer. And we're running the, the low voltage wire that's, you know, buried in a sleeve and then going to behind our lights. It doesn't take us that long. Yeah. And that one, like it, even if they know it's only three hours, but I actually personally go out there. My guys run the lights, test them all, and I personally go out there and do the final connections. So they see me out there without my crew connecting the lights. So they know it's actually, they, they feel and they know that it's, it's coming from me. And I like, that's because a lot of these people are like, no, we're not going to spend $1,500 on lights and this and that. And I go, your hardscape's going to go from a $20,000 hardscape in the daytime looking like a $40,000 hardscape at night. Mm -hmm. um, so it's my biggest selling point. We use Lumion lighting or our new project. We're using some Lumion lighting's great. Paul is awesome. By the way, uh, his wall lights are amazing pathway lights, transformers, but we are actually using some in light design in our next driveway. We're starting here in a couple of weeks, which I'm really excited about. Uh, but you know, it's the free low voltage lighting gets a lot of people. They really get into it. Once they see my pictures on my Instagram and they see the nighttime vision and I have a sample kit. I go set up two wall lights, uh, two pathway lights and a spotlight, and they get to look at it for a week. And it really gets them. I mean, it really, they, then, then they go, wow, like let's light up our front yard. And that's when, okay, we come back for another phase and that's when we install low voltage lighting at a cost. So it works out. Yeah, and if there was something to give away for free, I mean, low voltage lighting is so profitable. Um, and that would be the thing. And I, I a hundred percent believe that that's the best way to sell low voltage lighting. What you said there is having that sample kit, leave it with the customers, you know, plug it in, leave it with the customers. Once they see that at night, they're sold. Dude, and they move the lights. I come back sometimes the transformers on the other side of the property with the extension cord. Mm -hmm. Like they were, <laughs> people stand up like around their whole house. You know, it's, it's I think it's hilarious. Like I show up they're like, okay, I'm going to pick up your transformers. And I go to the backyard. And it's like on the, on the east end of the house. And I'm like, she's like, oh yeah, we were lighting up our hundred year oak tree wondering if we should light it up and we should really light that one up. And that's not even a part of our bid. So we get those next jobs. I mean, we go to these, we have really cool landscapes in Oregon, man, like gorgeous yards, gorgeous trees. And I really try to sell downward lighting in trees because up lighting, I don't agree on. I try to downward light and actually shoot down at the trees with the canopies. But I mean, we get in these old landscapes that we've lit, we've lit up 120 foot tall fir tree before. We've had lit, uh, a climber climb a tree, a light every 30 feet and light up a 120 foot tall tree. It's pretty cool. You know, it's a, it's definitely one of my favorite things about, uh, of hardscapes is the low voltage lighting and making it look right at nighttime. You know, it's a, it's definitely an art, you know, definitely. And getting into we were talking about consultations when you meet the the customer there do you charge for the initial consultation and why or why not so i will be starting at 
to charge for consultations in 2021. Um, I don't, I don't want to, but my time, I feel like now with what I'm giving to customers, I'm giving them a hand sketch, a full design, material choice, and two to three visits out there to try to sell that job. So for me, it's more of me paying for my time instead of, I'd rather be laying a patio. I'd rather be, you know, helping the boys out than uh, not making money. Like on all day Monday, all I do is estimates and my Mondays and Fridays are estimate days. And I want to make some money during those days because I'm spending money and uh, I will start charging in 2021. But I think this year it's helped us establish our name. And if I suggest anybody starting their hardscape company, all those younger guys that are, you know, uh, competing against older companies that have a better name, been there longer than you, then I would give free estimates because you guys are trying to make it. You should be working 80 hours a week and grinding like we did. You know, you should be the ones giving out their free estimate and trying to get those jobs. Um, and I still do the same thing too, though. And I'm 37, I'm going to do this. I feel like the estimates, you kind of have to get out there and grind, but the consultation is definitely going to be charged for 2021. Um, definitely. I, uh, I, I'm hesitant. I feel like we're going to lose some jobs, but also it kind of gets away those bids that we never get those jobs anyways. It kind of leans out the ones that are kind of just talking about it, you know? Yeah, definitely a good way to pre-qualify people coming into the business then when you get to the phase where the design's out the customer's ready to go for it, what do you do about landing that job? Do you, let's, let's talk about, you know, getting the customer signed up. Do you go out there, uh, meet with them, present the design with them, sign them up right there. Do you give them some time to think about it? And, uh, what are what is your payment plan like going into a project? So I really, it's kind of, we, we have a, we're going to be doing this next year. We're going to be doing some like e-signing, but right now we email it off and we usually hear back from the client either that day or within a day or two, because right now people are really itching to get these hardscapes in and they, we definitely, we just got email, email back the other day. It's like, whoa, that's way out of our price range. And I email back going, well, would you like to scale down the project? So it, it really just touches base on, you know, that, when we get that contract and they sign it, they usually just take a picture of it and fax it back to us or email back. They send a deposit check. We always ask for 50% down. It's I've thought about doing 30, 30, you know, percent and then having 40% the end, but the 50% down is working really well for us right now because of material shortages and having to order materials three months in advance. Now I feel like, cause I don't want to run out. So we asked for 50% down. We, uh, you know, I usually, we, before we shook hands before the Corona, um, <laughs> thing went on, you know, now we kind of give an air high five, but I don't, you know, half the time I get people emailed with contracts signed back and they send a check and the other half want to meet in person and do it in person. They're kind of old school. And I like that. Uh, but again, it's, if I got the consultation fee, I wouldn't feel bad going back that third time to sell contract, but I'm like, Oh, do we really have to go back there to sign that contract? But some people really like that feeling because they're, you know, it's a big project for them. So I really kind of feel out the customer, like, are they going to feel more comfortable signing it in person? Are they going to be the one that emails back and just sends it back? And we kind of just go from there and we get fee percent down. I tell them, uh, I give them a two week start date. So I give them like a March 16th or March 10th. We we're starting that project and our completion date is six weeks once we start the job. So whether it starts on that March 2nd or March 10th or, you know, we have a six week get deadline and I give them a six week layout of what we're doing, whether it's handwritten, you know, or, you know, typed up, they see what we're doing for those six weeks and we get at it, man. We, we, we bust, we, we are always, all my guys are, you know, always sweating, always getting a workout. We have a, a really strict uh, guideline about work ethic around my, my job sites. And, and safety and being clean. We love our streets clean and we love sweeping and we love sweeping is what I tell my guys. <laughs> <laughs> I want that customer next door to go, those guys swept for one hour today. And yeah. sweep for an hour. Yeah. If the gravel is not going to screw up the sidewalk and it's not going to make another person get frustrated because we have six cones on the road, you know, like it's, it's not just your job site you're on. It's your appearance in that neighborhood. Like you, that your next job could be right around the corner. And 
you know, we hand out, my guys hand out probably six to 10 business cards, even with our signs, but six to 10 business cards at job site we're at. My guys are really good about that. Evan, from what I've talked with you about so far this interview, it, it seems like your company has so many different distinguishing factors about it that are, you know, value adds to the customer. Um, we, we talked about working with the customer. We talked about, uh, you know, the trust that the customer obviously has in you. If you are just giving them a sketch design and they're willing to go with that, obviously you've built this rapport, this, this, um, trust with them. We talked about the landscape lighting that you do the, the labor for free for the install. Uh, and, and at this moment in time, you're, you're doing consultations for free as am I, uh, but you know, what would you say to the, is that going to change Michael? Are you going to have to have do a paid consultation? No, I'm not going to change at this point. Just, just taking a look at my market. I think there's so many things you need to consider with that, but, uh, just taking a look at my market uh, right now, it's not going to change for next year. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Sorry to but, interrupt. No worries. But uh, what would you say to a contractor that, you know, might be getting frustrated with guys not charging consultations? I don't know. I don't know, man. I just say my, it's, it's your business and how you want to run it. You know, it's, uh, it's you're the one paying your tax dollars. If you're paying your tax dollars and you're not bad talking other companies and you're going out there doing what you need to do to put food on the table for your workers and your wife and kids, like, I don't, I'm not worried about it. You know, I, uh, I definitely, you know, I don't like people doing bad jobs and not do, and doing jobs, with no licenses. I don't like that. I think that's uh, not good quality work is really hard to see when, you know, someone paid a good money and we're redoing stuff. But luckily around here, a lot of the known contractors are really good and we all charge around the same price per square foot and we all do really good quality work. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to, about the consultation things, seeing other companies, but it's going to be a new thing for me. I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? Maybe half of the year and be like, I, I haven't given a bid in three months. What's going on? You know, I don't know. It's, it's nerve wracking. If you're not nervous, if you're not nervous about your work or nervous about doing a job, what's the fun, what's the fun in it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the reason why I asked that is because, you know, I, I hear some guys every once in a while getting mad that some people are doing free designs when they shouldn't be doing free designs or they're doing, they're still doing free consultations. They should be charging for free, but these are distinguishing factors of a business that help them get that customer in the first place. And this could be somebody new who's just getting in designs that shouldn't necessarily be charging for that design because they're new to it. And, you know, that helps them get that customer. And that's something that needs to be also considered in that conversation that, you know, I, I don't hear that coming into the conversation. So that's why I asked you that there. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I do. I think it's going to be, you know, once we get into design, we use a uh, maple wood design, Scott K Kitzman, we use a designer and I can tell right away if they're going to want a nice design, 3d design, and we get into the cost right away. And um, he does all that. He comes down, does all the measurements, but the hand sketch thing, you know, it's, it's a, uh, I guess I'm technically giving free designs away too, right? But I'm giving him a hand sketch. Like the other day I gave a bid and I said, hey, I'm gonna take my lunch and I'll come back and give you your drawing. And I, I finished a bit of drawing in 15 minutes. You know, like it was just a, and it, it was a, it was a $25,000 uh, hardscape project. It was a pretty good sized patio, but I had the measurements. I had the, the heights same thanks to a zip level. And I drew it out for him and I gave it right back to her and I gave her some rough numbers and she said, yeah, let's do it in the springtime. Like let's let's be in contact in a couple months for the spring. Just like that there for 45 minutes. So it's hard for me to even think about charging $150 for that. Yeah. And I, I, I don't charge for hand sketches either. I do that with every project for the most part, but yeah, like, like I'm getting at here. I, what I think I'm getting at here is, you know, you've thought this through with your business that you are going to do this, this, and this, and these are your distinguishing factors as a business to really get that customer to sign on with you, to trust you and to go forward with your business. Yeah. And I it definitely, I feel like it takes a lot of trust in them to trust a guy with a hand sketch and a, 8,000 pound excavator and a bunch of dump, jump trucks and a bunch of shovels coming in their backyard. And it's got to, you know, we destroy their yard for the first week. <laughs> it's got to be nerve wracking for them. They're looking at this hand sketch going, what is going on? 
you know, uh, but it seems to always work out. We had a job recently that, you know, there was a bunch of change orders and in the end it worked out. They're super happy with the job, but it was, it was definitely frustrating. We probably should have had a full design. It would have saved the customer and me probably a lot of money. Uh, do we get that often? No, we, you know, we have a lot of, that's, I feel like I get my clients because of that hand drawing. I really do. I think it's a big, they feel like I'm a part of their backyard when I'm doing it by hand. And that's the way I, my old designer, that Chenard's, Chris Chenard, that's how he used to get his jobs too. And they were bigger jobs as well, you know? Throughout your experience in this industry, and especially when you've owned your own business, there may have been some stories that uh, are, you know, ones that you're not fond of, that you uh, you look back on, and maybe you've learned something from them. But do you have a horror story from your business that you'd be willing to share? It might, you know what's crazy about it? I I am knocking on my uh, Pergolo post right now. Uh, but I have not had a horror story with a client. Um, I've been very privileged that. I, I had a very bad luck with equipment when I started this landscape company. I mean, I, there was one year I spent more money on truck repairs than I made, you know, in, in the books, you know what I mean? Like the actual, like what I took home and what I spent, I had for two years there. I mean, I was spending just ridiculous. I was just buying stuff that needed a bunch of work. I didn't have the money. Um, that was my biggest horror stories was equipment when I was first starting, you know, not, being able to afford the right stuff. And we've all gone through it, guys, all of us hardscapers. We've, oh, we bought this F-250. It's got a flatbed and, oh, it needs a little tinkering. And then you get into it and you're, all of a sudden your 1500 is six grand later. And you're wondering why. And it took my business to be in business for a long time to be able to buy nicer equipment. But I am very, very lucky. I do not have an actual horror story of any clients um, not losing money and that's the, I really credit that is to communication. If there's a change order, it should be addressed that day. Like if you have to stop the job because it gets into costs, like, whoa, like this was not, you should address them that day and, and figure it out. If they say, hey, we're willing to do this and this, you figure out the solution and you don't have those horror stories in my opinion. And I don't work with other contractors. I don't subcontract out. I don't trust that. I work with a homeowner or a contractor that I've known for 10 years or I know that's been in this business for 20 years. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I work with a very tight knit people where they're not going to, they know my paychecks. I have employees, they have employees. And in our area where we work, your name is a huge reputation. I mean, everybody knows everybody from a hundred to 200 miles away from here. <laughs> so it's a, uh, you got to really, you know, be careful with all that and, really give your quality work too, you know? Absolutely. So getting into the installation side of things, do you have anything you'd want to talk about in terms of uh, your installation methods, anything that you do on the job site that you think would help some guys? Yeah. You know, base, base, base. I don't know how many times I post stuff about base, but you know, we, go above and beyond your base, put an extra three inches of gravel in there. If you have eight inches in there and throw it in the budget, go 10 inches, get your, you know, all those guys out there, just get the proper base. We switched to using open base. We are now starting our next five jobs. We have, we're using perma edge. Uh, I really think the open base has a, been a great, great thing to this industry, especially where we're at. We get a lot of rainage, but um, Caleb from Almond Landscape, you know, he always talks about that 2% slope. I've been doing that one and a half to 2% slope, you know, for, since I've been working with Chenard. So we, we get a lot of rain here. So the runoff is good, but all about that base, uh, using the, you know, ground cloth, compacting all your soil, just, we give a five-year warranty and I don't like to go back and do repairs. Do we have repairs? Of course we do. I mean, we get, I don't even know. I mean, I think I forget how many inches of rain Oregon gets in the Valley, but I mean, we get rain for nine months sometimes. <laughs> so is stuff going to move? Is stuff going to settle? Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen, but we give that five-year warranty is because we charge a little bit more per square foot where we're getting down to that hard pan. We're getting down to that clay layer or getting down to the base where we're, you know, we feel comfortable that if we have to dig another six inches, we go up and tell the 
the customer, it's a change order. And they usually, sometimes they don't like it, but 90% of the time they go, all right, thanks for letting us know. We're glad you're installing it correctly. So it's all about, um, you know, that. And also if you can afford equipment guys, <laughs> get it. All those 20, uh, EcoTurf, uh, you know, he's 22 in California Weston. He, you know, he went and bought a Sani. If you guys can get into these companies and you guys can afford the 0% payment for these products that are, you know, these excavators are a little bit more efficient, but you're going to kill your back. You know, if you can afford equipment, use equipment, put rentals in your bids, do all that because we never did that when we were younger. And I wish we did, you know, it would have been a, it was a great lesson to us to go rent a mini excavator, but 15 years ago, they didn't have those mini excavators. So, um, you know, really, you know, installs, everything like that is I, I really and trust your product. Make sure you know your product, you know, make sure you know your product guidelines installs, how they suggest you should install your retaining walls. They don't make those, you know, those pamphlets for no reason. Like they don't print them out. They don't spend thousands and thousands of dollars of handing these brochures out that tell you how to install their uh, product, how it's supposed to be installed. Evan, before we got on this, this uh, or what, when we first started the call before the interview, we talked about your winter game plan, and I, I think there's a lot of value to be had there. Uh, can you can you speak a little bit about uh, what you do to prepare for winter and and how you get through it? Well, we can't really re prepare for Oregon winters. I'll tell you that. I mean, last year we had a pretty dry winter, so we were able to work. But you know, I I try to get all of our jobs before October, at least with a, a rough dig out done uh with we get the drainage in and the open base you know it's really hard to convince clients to do winter work in oregon when we get sometimes one to two inches of rain in a week <laughs> they're going how are you going to do this job what do you this well it's called plywood highway you know plywood highway and mats are a hardscaper and landscapers i guess that you know savior for us working all winter long but we don't get heavy snows we don't have to worry about that we get snow you know once every couple years but we dig all of our job sites out and we choose our jobs that we can do in the winter. I give little winter discounts. Like I, when I see a job that can be done in the winter time, go, Oh, this could keep my guys busy. And we could do this in the winter with no problem. I go in the estimate, I go, if you decide to do this job during January and February in the bad winter months, you can have a thousand dollar discount depending on the size job or a $500 discount. And it makes them feel a little bit better about having winter work done because who wants to see guys out there from dark to dark working in the winter with rain gear on and it's pouring down rain all day. You feel bad for them, right? It's uh, it's, you know, so getting all these jobs prepped for the winter is really me seeing what we can and can't do. And then I, I always try to do a winter project at my house. Also it's nice for the guys to have a, home cooked meal for a few weeks during the winter kind of you know have a little bit more lenient time and like I said I give my guys uh, some paid time during the holidays uh, but I really you know my whole crew right now we have I'll tell them all Tristan Ryan my foreman Dennis uh, Adrian you guys I know you're listening to this but I want you know I'm going to try to keep all them busy all winter I've never had to you know had to keep four guys busy all winter it's always been two and we've had maintenance to get by in the winter mowing and lawns trimming fruit trees we've had that income so this is a whole new winter for me to try to keep you know some income coming in and it's going to be a challenge but I like challenges and I want all my guys to come back and we're going to kick butt next spring. It's going to be great. You know, fall is not over. We still have some pretty cool projects coming, Mike. I'll tell you this driveway we have coming up is going to be lit. <laughs> Looking forward to it, man. And you, you talked uh, a little bit about equipment there and throughout this interview, do you have any equipment to note uh, that you specifically use in your business that you love or any equipment purchases coming up in the near future? Uh, no more equipment purchases, everybody out there. I'm done buying equipment this year. My wife told me done. Everybody told me done. Um, but uh, Pave Tool, if you guys, I know everybody talks about them, looks up, look up their website. The wall building chain system they have, that has been a game changer for us. We have two sets of them. You know, we can set flat base for walls with that. We can now go 40 feet a day where we are doing, you know, 15 to 25 feet a day stacked out. We're getting 40 feet of wall done now. So it's been a game changer. Uh, Pave tool, uh, anything you can afford with them. 
their clamps, moving the treads. We do a lot of big boulder treads. Their clamps are a great product. And, uh, you know, and then the zip level was a new purchase for me. For anybody that's doing estimates, I would not suggest the zip level in the construction field with my guys because they break everything and they get everything really dirty and they get mud everything on it. But for estimates, it's the best thing that's happened to me. Um, zip level for sure. It's, my estimates have been on point since that tool. Um, and then Sani equipment, guys. I'll tell you, you guys are all haters. Laugh at you, do you want to want, but Sani excavators. Uh, for the bang for the buck, a five-year, 5,000-hour warranty, we got a mini 4K excavator that fits between a 36-inch gate for $21,000 with three buckets. Um, I know their prices are different around the you know country, but they, they're a great, great team to work with. I've had – it's my second Sani, and then also Ditch Witch. Um, we – since we bought this equipment, I feel like we have hit a new scale of – our projects and how quick we can get them done. You know, our one project that used to take four weeks now is taking two weeks, sometimes 10 days with our equipment now. So if you can afford it, do it. But if not, I totally understand it. But we were spending 15 to 20 grand in renting an excavator the past two years before this last year. Yeah, so it, you're paying that rental company and you're the customer's paying for it. I understand we're not renting it. The customer's paying for that 15 to 20 grand, uh, you know, in the rentals, but you're, you could be paying a payment. All these companies are offering 0%. You know, they're giving you an excavator for $229 a month sometime if you have some money down. <laughs> so, but it's all again, what you can afford and what your business can afford at the time. That's for sure. And Caleb at Almond Landscape says it's what your business can afford at the time. And luckily, I've had a really good, fortunate year, and we're booking into next year right now. So I feel very privileged to even be employed right now with everything that's going on. And I hope it keeps going for us hardscapers because we deserve it. This industry is getting to another point where it's, I believe, I'll get into this point if we want me to, but I believe this industry is becoming a trade now. All those young guys coming out of high school, you don't know what you want to do you guys can make a living doing this. I mean, this is, you know, my guys are making a living. We, it's doable. And the industry, we're getting older. We need some younger guys. You know, it's time to find good workers nowadays and we'll pay for it. If you guys are good, you guys are going to learn great skills, learn how to build beautiful things and you're going to be outside. You know, it's, uh, and right now being outside, I feel like it's a privilege because of what's the Corona and everything that's going on. Yeah, so many great points. And, uh, you know, especially with getting new guys into this industry this is a, a big thing for us as well. And something that we're going to be exploring how we can do that, because this is a great industry and it's it's given me myself so much. And uh, I want to start to give back to it. And uh, this is just the start. And uh, you mentioned renting versus owning equipment that's also something that we're going to be exploring in a future podcast very shortly but as we start to wrap up this this interview evan uh i wanted to ask you any of any people and, and you've mentioned a, a few people already but any people that you would steer people towards for uh you know advice or, or people that you follow online or wherever it may be that you uh mentor you in some sort of way uh can, can do you want to give any shout outs in terms of that yeah definitely um you know i'll say uh, i'll give a shout out to josh the sudden landscape man we've been uh, communicating a bunch I know he's shouted out a few times for me, but he's a great guy. It's, it's really cool to talk to other people across the States, uh, down to earth in Colorado, Chuck, dude, he's, uh, again, he's an Oregonian. We get along very well it's, he does great work. You guys should follow him. And, uh, uh, RC outdoor Richard, I just started talking to you a little bit and that guy does some great work. Um, he has a pretty cool story and, uh, niche gardens, Danny, South Carolina, that guy is amazing. Uh, good quality work, but you know, really Instagram has been a, is what's changed my way of hardscape. Look, I was actually getting bored till Instagram came along and to see other workers, what they're doing, it makes me want to achieve their same goals and, you know, get to their levels. And it's really cool seeing all this whole community. Like I said, I think Instagram is great. Uh, you guys, 
if you have questions, feel free. I answer a lot of questions for these younger guys. If I had the chance to ask some people when I was learning to have some questions, then give us a holler. We're willing to help you guys out. And like I said, anything that makes the job go quicker for you, but, um, and a shout out to my family for always dealing with me and letting me work 14 hour days. My mom, and just everybody that's around me, I have a really good uh, positive influence. And Brian Near, my foreman, he is does great work. And you guys just wait to see what we're going to produce this next year. And the final question here, Evan. Looking back at your business, I'm sure you've learned quite a bit. And I want to ask you, what is that one thing that you know now that you wish you'd known from the very start? Patience. <laughs> uh, you you got to have patience in the industry. You learn stuff every single day and keep an open mind and have patience. Sometimes the jobs are going to take longer than you think, but that next job will be quicker. So patience is definitely the biggest thing I've learned. Excellent, excellent advice. Evan, where can our audience learn more about you? Where do you want to uh where do you want them to uh go find out more about you? Uh, you guys, we're, we have a Pride Hardscape Instagram. You can follow us, and we're on Facebook also. You can go to our webpage, which is uh, pridehardscape.com. But I just wanted to also you know, say thanks to you, Mike, at How to Hardscape. I feel privileged to be on this show. Uh, you had Paver King on right before me. That guy blew it out of the water. Uh, he's a pretty cool guy. But thank you again. And you know, we are uh, Pride Hardscape, and we're out of Corrales, Oregon. And come find us. And if you have any questions, just give us a phone call or give us the email.